Good evening, and welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing, nothing. A very good weekend <laughs> for JMU football. Very yep. mediocre afternoon for U.S. soccer. <laughs> oh, today, yes. This is Monday yeah. evening. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like we've been on quite the sports bender the last four or five yeah. days, and I'm, I'm wiped out. <laughs> oh, yes. Tell me about it. Yeah. And, of course, that just heading into Thanksgiving, which is never – it feels like it should be restful, and yet it never is. So um, It never is. No. Um but lots of fun stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop there in Harrisonburg anytime you mention this podcast. You get a free Mossy Creek sticker. Um, I know they've got lots of like Black Friday holiday sales coming up this week too. So it's a great time to get in there and do some holiday shopping. Uh, so go check out Brian and Colby and the team at Mossy Creek and tell them we sent you. Uh, Rob, let's start not with football. Um, there were four games we were, I think we followed pretty closely four games in JMU sports this weekend. They turned into two wins and two losses. Um, I will say that uh, if you gave me a choice to split those, they won the right two. <laughs> yeah. Um, in in my that. mind, right? Um, well, three, uh, if we're talking, there were, there were, volleyball played two over the weekend. Correct? Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So anyways. But one one really mattered more than the others. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll start there. Um, huge congratulations to Coach Steinbrecher and JMU Volleyball. Um, really pretty dominant performance throughout the Sunbelt Tournament, and they bring home JMU's first official Sunbelt title. Uh, so they always love to see a team that won the regular season championship. I was a little nervous at the beginning of the conference tournament. They were presented with the regular season trophy. And I thought, like, ah, I hope they're not getting ready to let down from that. Yeah. Um, but they pretty much mowed through. I mean, they won 3-1 in the semis and 3-1 in the final over Texas State. Texas State had been the West winner and another strong team. That was really pretty dominant uh, by JMU. So I, I guess on the weekend, they went, they won nine sets and lost two. Um, they're up to 22nd. In the poll, I don't know if you saw that today. Yeah, Rob, in the RPI, in the RPI. Yeah. So, I don't know exactly what that means, but I would think it means they have a chance at a decent seed. Um, and Texas of, State, I, I believe, yeah, is also did, like did pretty well. So I think that kind of helped the strength. Playing a really good team in the finals helped. Sure well. did. Yeah, um, I think there had actually been some talk that there, if Texas State had won, their JMU might still have a pretty good shout for a at large bid. Um, but thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, I will say, like basketball, uh, volleyball is one of those sports where there's like two weeks of conference tournaments. So the selection show is not till was not yesterday. It is next Sunday um, on ESPNU. So we'll put some stuff in the preview this week, mentioning where you can find that. Um, but that's going to be really fun to look forward to. You know, I don't know how the RPI, like how that all holds. I assume Jamie will get screwed by Big Ten teams or something. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a little bit, but at the same time, you'd have to think like, I don't know, uh, uh, like at least a seed in the upper half, right? Kind of, I think volleyball's pretty close to basketball. I mean, it's a large tournament. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, who knows? Um, really great stuff. And Jamie, you kind of cleaned up pretty well on the awards. Sophie Davis got defensive player of the year. Coach Steinbecker got coach of the year. Um, yet Veldman did not get the first team or offensive player of the year. And I was like, Ooh, man. And, and she kind of dominated, thankfully, in the tournament. 
Uh, so big, big congrats to volleyball. We've had a lot of fun following that, and we'll be looking forward to watching them two weeks from now. Um, and then the other two, before we get to football, Rob, both men's and women's teams in hoops lost to Chapel Hill on Sunday. Um, the women had a – it's funny. The women had a better performance than the men. It might have been more disappointing than the men um, just because the women really played well and were in the game and, and leading for – Into the fourth quarter, yeah. Into the fourth quarter and, like, really, you know, clearly were capable. I mean, talent-wise, it was a tight matchup. Um but a, a learning experience and a pretty well-played game for them and, and gives us some, you know, I think things are looking up for the women's program. And then the, the men, it was a little disappointing, Rob. I was glad to see them kind of like find their footing a little bit in the second half. They seemed a little overwhelmed early on in that game. Um, and maybe overwhelmed is not the right word, but they, they just couldn't find their rhythm at all in the first half and they missed shots. I mean, I, I don't mean to be a reductivist, reductionist, whatever you call that, but I, they just didn't, I, I don't know if Friedel goes Oh, for something like Oh, for 11 or something, they're not going to win. <laughs> yeah. And Vado too. I mean, yeah, those guys like, are good players. We saw them play. I mean, we're going to talk about basketball. We saw yeah, some, yeah, yeah. well, we, we went to see them at Howard last week and it was a blast. The team yeah. looked absolutely great. Friedel and Vado both were terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, Friedel was lights out all game. Yeah. Like, they're a very capable team. It's a fun team to watch. I mean, sure I, I'd encourage people to get out there, go yeah. see them, make the trip to Harrisonburg, or if you're in a place where you can go see them live, it's just fun to watch them. They're really deep. And but I agree with you. It's it is. It sounds simple, but you go what combine three for twenty seven between those guys or something like that. Yeah, you're not oh, going to yeah. win a lot of ball games, and, and no, they no, missed they a miss lot of gimmies. Yeah, Sule missed some. Like these are good ball players who just I, I don't know. It's it's the game of basketball. Sometimes you feel like there's a lid on the bucket. Yep. And it certainly seemed like that yesterday. So, and they also, you know, North Carolina's really good. Well, I was going to say, having watched them play Howard the night earlier in the week, like we both felt like, I, I don't know. I, I think we both feel coming out of the Carolina game, like don't judge them based solely on the Carolina game. And like, no, that, no. like that doesn't, they didn't play well. Um, but nobody else has a Armando Baycott rebounding the ball either. Like, yeah, so, Baycott uh, is one of the, you know, he's one of the favorites for player of the year. He is, right. He's no joke. Jamie right. is not a big team. Um, Baycott no. is a big guy. He was absolutely dominant on the glass. I think that really kind of wore them down. And I don't want to say it intimidated them. I don't think they're, they were intimidated or shut down, but it just, it was a tough, tough, tough draw for them in, in that yeah, sense. Well. Um, they played much better in the second half. They shot the they ball did. well. It's even missed some chances there when I was there when they when they cut it to eight mm-hmm. they and then they missed a free throw or, or they had a layup there and kind of missed that and yeah I mean they had their chances kind of um, in the second half just couldn't hey, I mean North Carolina's number but, one for a reason right you know? right so uh, hopefully a great learning experience for the team and and I fully expect them to be I mean ultra competitive mm-hmm. throughout the Sun Belt throughout the rest of the season really and they got mm-hmm. another chance to to take off a top team with UVA in a couple yeah, of UVA up to fifth in the country. So yeah, yeah. UVA is looking yeah. very good. It's looking very, like, you yeah. know, a classic Tony Bennett team. They're going to be out for revenge. So that is a tough game. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting kind of contrast in styles where UVA very deliberate. Uh, JMU also very defensively focused. You wouldn't think that by the fact that they've been scoring 90 plus points a game, but they, they play a lot of pressure D, but it's a more, Nolan Richardson, you yes. know, they wanna, yeah. 40 minutes of hell sort of thing than a Tony Bennett, like methodical defense. So it's going right. to be fun. You know, they win that one. The sky's the limit. 
Oh yeah. I mean, they just play well in that one. We'd be mm-hmm. happy. Right. So, and that's going to be a much different challenge than North Carolina. I felt like JMU it's weird. Cause I feel like in a weird way, JMU North Carolina is not a great matchup for JMU because North Carolina is just like a even better version of, or a more highly recruited version of JMU. Yes. Like JMU kind of plays that same. They want games in the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. like pretty up tempo. They're going to, you know, keep things moving much like Carolina does. And that's just tough to do against Carolina versus like we saw last year with UVA, like you got to just, you know, get your chances, make some buckets. You can beat them. You know, I mean, UVA doesn't beat a lot of, they do occasionally blow you out like 50 to 30, but they don't just score 90 very often, you know, and blow you out of the gym. So yeah, should be fun. Um, and then the other one, Rob, we can move on. I mean, football. So, what a, so an interesting game, um, a terrible game, a wonderful game. I will all say the above. I, all of the above. Um, I have not had that much fun in this in a game as I did in the third and fourth quarter of this game in Bridgeforth in a couple of years, probably since before maybe even before COVID. I know Montana was pretty fun last year in the playoffs, but like that was one of those second halves where, look, there's nothing to, uh, we got things to talk about in the first half, but I just want to start by saying it was really fun. It was really fun to be there in the second half. And by midway through the third quarter, like I did not think that Georgia State was going to get another first down. And they almost didn't until the last drive, right? You know, um, I don't know. The guy next to me was doing the whole like not another yard thing from Remember the Titans or whatever. Like <laughs> you know, like yeah, there was a lot of uh, that was one of those where I was like, this Jamie was still down. What was it? It was thirty four fourteen at the half. When it got to thirty four twenty eight, the game was over. Like that was one of those feelings in the stadium for me where I was like. Jamie's winning this. Like it was almost even before that. It was, even, it was, yeah, it was even before that. Yeah, when it exactly. got to thirty-four twenty-one, and then yeah. they stopped them. Mm-hmm. You know, because like yep. at the end of the half, when Jamie scored, yep. I was like, oh, okay, fine. You know, like that's great. Get into the half. You know, just go down. Mm-hmm. They would have been down what? Uh, oh, at that time, it felt like it would have been like twenty-seven. Yeah, they were. It would have like been thirteen points. I think. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, you're like, okay this is fine. You're going to regroup, come back, and then oh. they gave up that kind of. broken play touchdown um yeah so i thought once they scored and then held him i was like you know what i wasn't convinced i was like james probably gonna win this and then when they got 28 i was like "Ooh, yeah they're gonna win then when they took the lead i was like "Ooh, they're gonna win it going away yeah and then the fumbles happened again (laughs) but um yeah i'm I'm glad you said fun because that was my biggest takeaway like i don't need to try to convince anybody that i've got any sort of great analysis i rode the emotional roller coaster like everybody else Mm -hmm. and that was really kind of like you you felt all the feels of being a college football fan in one game saturday afternoon oh yeah i mean we were talking about like okay if they don't i I think our deal was it was very cold by the way it was chilly oh Um, yeah it wasn't like freezing freezing but it was just we haven't had the real cold and this was like the first day you were out there all day and yeah, had family and friends there. And there was some discussion of like, all right, if they're not within, you know, a certain amount at the end of the third quarter, like, I don't know how long getting the heck out of everybody here. <laughs> can stay, you know? And then they were like immediately, you know, back in the game. Like, I, I don't know. I think they took the lead. 
I, I don't very. I mean, I don't even know if it was the. I think it may have even been in the third quarter, but it was third quarter. They because yeah, yeah. they scored twenty one points in third yeah, quarter, yeah. and they were so, down twenty. I mean, so yeah, it wasn't even whatever we were talking about was way out the window by then. Yeah. Um, yeah, fun was my first thing. Um, my second thing, Rob, I did want to pick off or just pick on a little bit was, can we can we all just settle down on the like, like like every quarter, every half, we have to have like a referendum. On, on the, the state of the fan of the, base and the state coaching. of the fan base and the yeah. state of the coaching staff and all this stuff. And like, there were people like just, just the idea that we're like always, and also we just look for someone to blame when mm-hmm. we're not happy. And like people were blaming Signetti again already by halftime. And I'm like, you know, our three best players, like Centeo fumbled for a touchdown. Percy had like a 20 yard run where he ended up fumbling for a touchdown. For a touchdown. Yeah. We had a guy fumble on the kickoff who's a young player who like has been playing well and like is only in there because Van Horse is hurt and like he's kind of like the third string kicker turner to begin with and like mm-hmm. that's like part of the FBS season like we knew these things might happen so then they replace him with Thornton who then promptly kicks the ball now who, who we, you could arguably state yeah. is their third best offensive player right so yeah. now we've had like so Thornton Percy and Centeo have fumbled essentially leading to 17 points which is just i mean todd that's a failure of coaching <laughs> exactly i'm like hey, i mean just that's a failure of coaching that just failure coach. i mean just like they forgot to call the don't fumble play it's just right. it's comical that's just football 101 right. if you if your players fumble it's your fault if you're the coach i mean they right. clearly i mean look you could argue i know there's preparation things and everything else but that was a weird thing and look you could fumble how many times I mean, I don't know. How many times has JMU fumbled this year? They don't usually get returned for a touchdown. No. Much less twice. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, it was just some weird <clears throat> stuff. Um, the last play of the half, like you said, the, the broken play where they went for the last touchdown was really frustrating and felt awful in the moment. That um, one, that was the most upset I got. Like, that yeah, was – I'm not a yeller or a screamer or slim, but I definitely, like, kind of just sighed yeah put the remote down forcefully and walked upstairs for no reason i, yeah. I don't know what else was. Like, i just got to get away from the television you know, yeah stuff. but um you know and those same coaches made changes at halftime and the duke scored 28 points in the second half and won the game well they remembered um, to call the don't fumble play until the end and then it was bad coaching again on the last one <laughs> that's right on the last one yeah um although the defense did step up and obviously stopped them on the two-point conversion at the end which yeah. was great um, about there felt like there were a billion sacks in the second half. I, I think there were, I mean, there had to be four. I don't know. I, I mean, it just felt like JMU every time Georgia state had to pass, they were not like that guy was not, he was lucky to survive sort of. Well, that's the thing at halftime, even like you and yeah. I are, we can be, we hold ourselves up like some sort of paragons of virtue or something like, oh, we're the comp fans. <laughs> we are not the comp fans. But we actually, we've got receipts. We've got text messages between the two of us. We're like, we were oddly calm. At halftime, like, you know, it was basically the, the scoop score fumbles twice and then mm-hmm. kind of a, a missed tackle, just dumb play, which JMU has pretty much as, as good as his defense has been. Yeah. They've had, you know, a couple brain fart plays throughout the entire season where things sure go long. Have. These ones just happen to go for touchdowns. But you look at it and you're like, if you take those things away, like, JMU was pretty darn good. I mean, Centeo was perfect. Mm-hmm. In the first half, um, mm-hmm. the defense saved those plays pretty much made it clear they were better than Georgia State. Like, oh, yeah. it wasn't concerning. It was like, oh, man, this is frustrating. Like, they're giving away. But it it wasn't 
like this sort of epic failure where we couldn't move the ball or we couldn't stop them. It was like just dumb mistakes. And, no, I and mean we, the one they got on the kickoff, the defense held them to a field goal after yeah, they like, yeah. had it at the five yard line. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a no, win. You know? Big time. Um, yeah, I'm with you. That it was just, it wasn't, there were some people, we were talking to stands like, is it, uh, you know, this whole, like, you've kind of had this rough patch in the season and, and like, you quote, don't have anything to play for, even though I think I didn't feel that way at all. It wasn't like Jamie was mailing it in or not paying attention. They just fumbled a bunch and they all got returned for big plays. Like, I don't know what to say. That's just, a yeah. Weird, I mean, people are like, Oh, they're the not prepared. Game. You know, they, they just weren't <sighs> focused. Well, Sente was 13 for 13 in the first half. Right. And Percy, the Percy fumble was like a success. After a good play. play right. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, I don't know. So, um, <sighs> I mean, it obviously was frustrating because there were other fumbles that they did recover. I mean, they fumbled a lot. <laughs> Like, and that's frustrating, but wasn't I don't it know. seven total? I think, I think it's something four, had to be that. four they gave up. Yeah. Um, so obviously frustrating, but there were good things in this game. Rob, do you have anything else in particular that jumped out of you or players or plays or, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it was not really in particular to this, but mm-hmm. if you think back to the first FBS season where now we're sitting in a chance to get eight wins, but in terms of the story, like this is two epic comebacks yeah. one on the road one at home, like it's pretty cool to to think back. Like when we look back at this season, I'll be honest, I'm not really going to remember Arkansas state or Texas state. Those are going to be right. like, check the box. I'm going to remember ODU. Yep. I'm going to remember the comeback at app state. Yep. And I'm going to remember this game. Yep. And, and hopefully that's pretty, we're gonna, and hopefully we're going to remember a big win close season for Coastal. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, it's the, the, the script is not fully written here, but man, yeah. it was, these were special games. Like it, yeah. You think back to like, was it the 2008 season when you're uh-huh. like, oh, people still talk about the Villanova game or the, but these were kind of on that level in terms of memorable moments. Um, I think they really were. Yeah. You know, Especially like, like yeah. the App State yeah. game, it's funny because we're like, oh man, you know, we just did that to a team that beat Texas A&M and now it's like, you know, sad <laughs> yeah. trombone. Right, Maybe right. that wasn't that great of a win. Right. Um but it's still, it was it was on the road in a hostile environment against a team with a lot of talent, regardless of what the record has turned out to be. Mm-hmm. That that was a huge win. You come, they were down what twenty five points. It yeah. felt like the first we're in FBS game. Too. Yeah, like right. that, that'll like, be the breakthrough. That's the first one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like that'll be kind of the hey, we've arrived. Even though it's just a, it, it's going to be what is ultimately just another one of a really good Sunbelt game that we get over the year. Like there's nothing special about the game in the sense that like, it didn't mean anything more, but that's what we've said all along. Like we just wanted to have fun Saturdays against fan bases that care. That was a fan base that care. It was kind of another bad quarter in the Uh second quarter again, wheels were coming off, but then they came back and just an epic comeback and then to do it again at home late in the year. I don't know. It was just, it's just fun. Like we go back to what you said before. It was just a fun, fun day to be a fan. Two weeks in a row, JMU has ended the bowl chances for teams mm-hmm. in the Sun Belt, fellow Sun Belt East, um, yeah. you know, teams. Uh, that that's pretty strong. Uh, yeah. And am I am I alone here, or like, I really don't like Georgia State. Am I the only one? Like, is, are they just kind of like irrelevant to the rest of the fans? Like, I, I guess that's what it is. I don't either. I I think this is going to heat up in basketball over time. Yeah. Um, this is and. 
I'm with you. I, there, it, it was interesting. I, at our tailgate, there was actually, um, there was a big extended kind of family friend group next to us. And there was a Georgia state person, um, who was really good, good natured about everything. But, uh, and, and he was like a real fan, like he was into it, which was a surprise, but, uh, good for yeah, him. no, I don't, I don't know. Georgia state's just weird. Cause I don't think they have a huge, you know, they don't have that huge, loud, obnoxious fan base. They don't, but a few select individuals are very smug about their fan base. Very much so, yes. And it kind of colors it. And it, they're in a tough situation. You know, I lived in Atlanta, and it, yeah. it's a very big college football market, and they are well down the pecking order. Yeah, uh, and I think they're, they're also just, like, they're kind of different. I mean, I know ODU is is relatively urban campus, but, like, Hampton Roads is not Atlanta, Right. Yeah. And, and there's nobody else in the Sun Belt that's really, you know, there's a lot of us who are out in smaller places, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's so striking after you've spent a season playing App and Marshall and Arkansas State to then play a team from Atlanta. You know, I don't know. It's just odd. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a difficult situation for them. They got a, a lot to overcome to move the needle in that market where you've got, fans of every sec school and every acc school yeah more not interested. to mention pro and everything mention, else yeah right yeah so um well the one a couple other guys um well actually really only one other i wanted to i mean rob that play by devin coles, coles two yeah. weeks in a row i mean two weeks in a row he's stolen the ball away from someone yeah it's like, not a bug it's a feature that's what yes, he does like, now that's really cool and, and he's a guy like i didn't know who he was before barely knew who he was before last week. And I'm just kind of glad for all the, like, as much as depth has been a challenge for JMU this year, it's also nice to see a few guys coming, you know, really making plays. I know it was really frustrating that Kamara got hurt last week, but he's really making plays. Uh, Chroma was a much bigger part of the game plan this week, and Mm -hmm. he's got another year. You know, I mean, so I just, that part's kind of exciting that there's still guys stepping up and making plays. I know there's been some shuffling on the O-line and um Coles in particular though. I think that was like yeah. those weren't those weren't fluke plays. Those were just heads up great effort plays. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to see from guys that were kind of I don't want to say buried on the depth chart, but a little deeper on the depth chart when the season began. Uh-huh. But you come in and it's got to be it's got to be encouraging for the future when you think about like when we're actually doing full FBS recruiting and yeah. really a <laughs> deeper, deeper roster, you mm-hmm. know, man, it's, you like what Signetti and the coaches are doing in terms of keeping these guys prepared. Yeah. Um, and a uh, big shout out to uh, Tate Beaver on special teams. <laughs> I mentioned that, um, had some fun talking with his, his people this weekend. Um, the, I, my fourth down, Rob, speaking of full recruiting, um, I did enjoy that. Uh, it looks like Phoenix Sproles from NDSU has committed to JMU. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, good luck to the kid. I hope he works out. I hope he plays great for us. Uh, we know he's fast. Uh, but I also just got a kick out of that. I got it, you know. Sorry. And we shouldn't celebrate at others' expense, but that's pretty fun. And I don't know what's going on up there, but as you as we mentioned today, they had three or four kids trans- announced they're transferring out of the program like yesterday heading into the playoffs heading into the playoffs and you know we sort of wondered about this last year the whole transfer portal era is really like those playoffs last a long time for those kids you know i don't know i just that's a tough one 
Um, well, Todd, it's interesting because we've always approached it as like, oh my gosh, with the transfers, JMU is losing it the advantage it had in the FCS when guys could transfer and not lose a, a year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's also like, it, it, the flip side of that is you can now poach the best of the FCS guys who just want to be FBS, which drove us crazy up until last year. We're like, oh, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? But you might as well, you know, shoot your shot. I mean, it happened essentially last year with Wells. Yep. He didn't know what was going on this year with the quarterback situation and how Jamie mm-hmm. being the transition year. So he transferred quote unquote up. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He's done. He had a spectacular catch on Saturday. I don't know if you saw it. Oh yeah. But I hit a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and he's been very good and God bless him. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, yep. I will root for the guy. He did what he had to do. On Saturday, yeah. Yep. He's good. Um, there'll be more guys like that. Terrence green. We've, we've seen a guy on yep. the roster. who's made a lot of big plays this year. So, it does stink. Like there is the very real potential that JMU is going to get poached. Guys are going to get offers and that's something we need to learn to deal with this new reality, but it's not just this lose, lose situation. There's still, you know, JMU will benefit in some way. There's just gonna be a lot more turnover every year, which is going to be tough to, to really come to grips with. Well, and it's funny, right? You have guys like that. I don't know, transfer down right to JMU, Santeo, Mbwako Konji, Jamari Edwards, Jeremy Croma, like arguably all those guys came down and they've been very important players for us. But it's almost inarguable that the guys who have transferred up, quote unquote, to JMU have been just as important, right? Yeah, that's Chris, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like Chris it's just, Thornton, mm-hmm. Connor Madden, you know, uh, like you said, Terrence Green. I mean, there's um, Jordan Swan, you know, like there's a lot of guys out there, you know, and this it's going to happen both ways going forward, I think. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. And I just, I'm just as excited at a guy transferring up from FCS to play at JMU. If, if he can play as I am at a guy like, you know, leaving Rutgers to come play at JMU. Like, I, cause I don't know what that means. You know, I got to well, see we, it on the field sort of thing. Yeah. We, I mean, it's like, it's just players. We've had play. six successes and we've had failures both. Correct. Ways. So and like, you can go back to like, what is it? Connor Mitch or LaFonte Thorogood. Like there've been guys that transferred from big time programs or big time conferences in the cancer who don't really pan out or go nowhere this year. We Mm -hmm. had the Boston college wide receiver left over spring ball. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, you never know, but the good players are going to find a home. And I'm confident that Signetti is going to find a way to like, okay, when we lose guys, they're going to replace them. They're going to, they're going to plus up every off season. Yep. Yeah. Where there's going to be big losses. We're going to have lose the Wellses and the Tucker Dorsey's. Um, but you're also going to pick people up. Terrence screens of the world. And I don't know. It's yep. it's well, and the other fun thing is we're leaving this season with one big game to play this Saturday mm-hmm. with at the moment, huge game. JMU sitting on top of the team FBS teams in the Commonwealth, the five FBS teams in the Commonwealth because um, Liberty managed to mess around again this weekend. So, like, it's almost inarguable at this point um, who's going to finish. And, and obviously, for extremely sad circumstances, um, Virginia and Virginia Tech's season is now over, um, which does mean that UVA's home game against JMU next year will be their first game. You know, like we said, they they start in a neutral site game at ten, essentially at Tennessee next year and then come home for JMU. Um but that get, brings us to the next week. Rob, JMU is seven and three overall, five and two in the Sun Belt. That's about as 
damn good as we could have hoped coming into yes. the season, right? I mean, with seven, one of those wins over ODU, seemed, which yeah, we got an ODU win good. and app win. Like seven feels really good right now. Eight and three, six and two to win the Sun Belt East would be enormous. Um, this is a huge game. Coastal is ranked 23rd. We had this conversation earlier. JMU managed to lose at Georgia Southern, and thus JMU was not the first ranked team to play in Bridgeforth. Yeah. Um, but now this weekend, this Hosting will be the, the first time JMU has ever hosted a top 25 team in Bridgeforth. Uh, oddly, JMU is a double-digit favorite in the early opening line. I'm not, I think, I I have to assume that says something about Grayson McCall's health. I I can't, that seems like a lot. That seems like a lot. It smells really fishy, but I I guess I'm okay with it. (laughs) Like, I don't don't know. 12, 13 was what we're seeing. That seems like a lot, but it's a huge game. I mean, McCall's out. Like, we knew that, didn't we? Yeah, I know. It's still strange to me. I, I know. Now, Coastal seems to have everything to play for. The one thing I didn't know, I did see Rob Coastal, um, Jamie Chadwell said on the Sunbelt conference call this morning that Coastal had a bug, uh, some illness run through their team in the last week mm-hmm. and that they would have really struggled had they played UVA this week, this past weekend. Um, so I don't know if maybe that is built into that or something. I have no idea, but it's a weird one. Either way. It's a huge game and a huge opportunity. JMU can win the Sunbelt East. The Sunbelt did announce that JMU could promote themselves as the Sunbelt East champs, even if they will not be going to the game. Oh, did I missed that. Did they really? Just that. Just they said that they could promote themselves as the Sunbelt East You won the champs. East, but yeah, you're not going to be the East, champs. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the way they would say it next year, I guess, in the media. That said, I, yeah, and I also found it a little rich the last week or so that Coastal, Coastal – not just coastal, but coastal and coastal adjacent media have been talking about how they've already clinched the East or they've already won the East and they're, you know, just waiting to go to new Orleans and find out who they're going to play. Um, even the ESPN, like what's next for the top 25 thing said coastal just has a tune up this weekend against James Madison before they what? go on to the conference final. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. boy, <laughs> they're going into an exhibition, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, this is, it's also, look, it's the last game. This is senior day for JMU. I mean, you know, not just for Centeno and Thornton, but for Percy, you know, some guys that have really contributed enormously to this pro. Isaac Ukwu, you know, guys that have been here through thick and thin. I mean, they've seen Devin Ravenel, right? These guys have seen some things, you know. Um, guys have been to Frisco. A couple of those guys still. So, I, you know, I just, I, it's a huge game. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I thought the line was a little shocking. I think there's plenty to play for. I don't know if there's anything in particular this week. Um, I would love, love, love to see JMU. They're playing on ESPNU. Like, it's Coastal, it's probably not up for the Cotton Bowl slot, Rob, because I think Tulane plays Cincinnati this week. But there's like some non-zero chance that they're still up for the Cotton Bowl slot. I mean, what would happen oh. if since he beat Tulane? What would mm. that do? Yeah, it, it, either way, it's like they're both kind of ranked around Coastal. So you have to kind of, I don't know. I guess if Coastal beat JMU, that's a pretty good win too. But it seems like there's a lot of love for those 
How did UCF I, stay in the rankings after losing know. to Navy? And, and yeah. we can't get Troy in there? Like that I, just that's, I agree completely. It's ridiculous that Troy's not. It really is. There. It really is. I mean, yeah. like they had, that, they had the loss against App State, which, yeah. you know, at the time seemed like a very decent loss. Now you look back and like, oh, App State ain't that good. But App State was playing decent football back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in Boone, wasn't it? I think so. Yep. Yeah. Um, they've, they've been just taking care of business on the field. Like, I think it's. I don't want to make too big a deal of it, but it seems like a bit of a travesty it that does. they're not getting ranked. It, it really does. And especially because I think, well, I mean, I guess they'll get their shot, right? Because they'll play Coastal in the Sunbelt title game. So, it, Yeah, but it like, should that should be yeah. like two top 25 two teams 25 going. Teams. Yeah. And then the opportunity to really leapfrog and be, you know, a top, you know, mid-teens type thing. That's really helps your case for the New Year's Day Bowl. Yeah, um, I think there's so much laziness with, the inertia um, in the ring. The inertia of like, yeah, yeah. we've, and especially when like Cincinnati and UCF are like even arguably good. Those are teams that like are familiar at this point. And so people get really lazy about it. Yeah. I, I mean, the Tulane one's a little weird to me, but whatever. I, yeah. Uh, I just feel like UCF is really kind of in a weird Tulane way. Tulane who lost to Southern me. Miss. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, But there's a lot on the line for this one. And I have a feeling this is at the start of something else. Not to mention, freaking Chauncey's coming back, Rob. Mm-hmm. The, the damn chicken is coming back yeah. um, after all these years. So, yeah, so high really, alert, HPD. You know, here yeah. at Harrisburg Police Department, please be on alert. <laughs> yes. So we're really looking forward to this weekend. Should be a fun one. If Jamie finishes eight and three, six and two as East champs, I mean, no, that's unreal. Oh yeah. And I will say there is something on the line. I mean, if they don't win. I think they fall to third. I mean, there's other results out there, but Marshall could Marshall would probably pass. I think Marshall could pass them, assuming they win this week, um, and they play Georgia State this week. So who knows? You know, we'll see. But really fun way to end the season. Well, not- it's cool. Todd, we've always talked about like the big deal for us is not necessarily about college football playoffs or bowl games. It's like, can you win your can, yeah. can you win your conference and would you buy the t-shirt? I would. And I think this situation where we're not going to get the official t-shirt, if they win, there'll be a lot of breaking tea type situations going on here. Darn and right. I will absolutely be buying one with some sort of like unofficial Sunbelt champ. So, yeah. You know. Yes. So, whew, man, heady times. Good. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Rob, I think we got a couple overtime things tonight, didn't we? Yeah. We'll just kind of yeah. rip through these kind of lightning round we, we threw yes. out a question on twitter asking for ot ideas we said thanksgiving related would be better and as you always do the listeners came through so we'll start off with our buddy trip mm-hmm. trip use at jmu tripster said turkey preferences roasted fried or smoked and then lighter dark meat and then favorite part and why is it the leg Three questions. Why don't don't you take take those first time? I will say I have become a smoked convert. Mm. So that is number one for me. Uh, My brother and his neighbor have started doing some serious smoking. I I heard them discussing today, uh, Rob, while we went to watch the game, (laughs) about how they need to, they're brining tomorrow, Tuesday, so that it can dry Wednesday, so that they Mm -hmm. can smoke, what, Wednesday night, Thursday morning? I, I don't. I don't know their exact Probably schedule. Thursday morning. It shouldn't be. It was like a three day process, yeah. though. Yeah. Like, for them. So, yes. And and it has been exceptional the last few years. So, for me, I, I would go smoked and dark. And I don't know if I have what another favorite part, but how about you, Rob? 
I got to agree with you. Smoked turkey is delicious. I've never smoked one myself just because I don't have a smoker. And I've I've got a Weber grill that I can do the old, you know, kind of hack job to smoke things like ribs or or chicken, but not a whole turkey. Um, But yeah, smoked turkey is delicious. The barbecue place in my neighborhood, like their low-key best thing is the smoked turkey on the menu. Although they started doing Fridays during Lent for the Catholics. Mm-hmm. They were doing smoked salmon. It's now oh. carried over to every Friday. I got it a couple weeks ago. It's amazing. It's <laughs> so, so good. So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, although I like turkey. I'm one of those weirdos who actually likes it. I don't think it's this like, oh, totally boring thing. Mm-hmm. A good roasted turkey, very good as well. But mm-hmm. it would have to go smoked, fried, then roasted. In that That's order. where I am too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. There's good roasted turkey. And, and I, fried turkey is great. Fried, most things are great. But yeah. Uh, well done smoked turkey is, I mean, like, not not well done. Like, in terms of done properly. Just done properly is yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. really, really good. Smoked meats. So. Um, I'm a dark meat person. Me and too. I kind of, I'm a big fan of the turkey legs, like at the random festivals where you can just walk around holding oh, yeah. one. So I'll agree with Trip there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, well. what, moving on. Well, this is classic. Rob Jones at Jones Person VA. Yeah. Best side dishes, worst side dishes. Oh, I got to bring this up because we're going to talk about this. Okay. Best side. Um, you go ahead, Rob. Oh, geez. On the spot. I was I was going to brainstorm while you were talking. Okay. Um, best side. I'm a mashed potatoes guy. I, I love it. My Sam, my oldest, makes mashed potatoes every mm-hmm. year. It's like 70% butter, mm-hmm. you know, 30% potatoes, but very, very delicious. Worst side dishes? I, I don't mm-hmm. All side dishes are good. Isn't that... Even though I like turkey, like I can't think of a side that I don't love. Like even cranberry sauce, I like for mm. the leftovers the next day. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. I don't know. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. I don't have a worse side dish. Yeah, I, I'm kind of meh on everything Thanksgiving food wise. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> like, no, I, I think. I think that you're actually the prevailing opinion i think okay but i do like sweet potatoes a lot and i love mm-hmm. we do we usually do have a roast of brussels sprouts um i'm always i am always great with brussels sprouts so you know but but you, i love mashed potatoes too i do like stuffing i mean it's not like i ever eat stuffing outside of thanksgiving so i really enjoy it on that day but yeah that's uh, i don't care about the cranberry sauce so um, you mentioned Rob Jones, though, Rob. Can I go back to one thing on the football game? Yeah. Um, I want to say good improvement. You made me think of, so I, I saw there was a Mary Jones post um, with, you know, all kinds of, I thought, we've all been talking about the game day production, right? And my continuous complaints about trying not to look like um, Turner Ashby High School. Mm-hmm. I, there were some good efforts this week. It is work in progress. There were some good things. The music was a little better. Um, I think there's some things we can up. There's a little too much mascot stuff, although I want lots of mascot stuff this week for Coastal. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always hard. Um, they did that video, like kind of, you know, the caps when they do the um, the Tom Green, like the Rock the Red the video. Fury. Yes. Yeah. So they did a like kind of modified version of that that was pretty good. So I do like that. I definitely like the players on the video board. Um, kind of getting people revved up. I mean, obviously, MRDs are great. Um, Celebrity Go Dukes was kind of caught in the cold and the worst part of the game. It was in the second quarter when it was all falling apart. But they had um, Stefan Robertson back doing that. Like, that could be a really good thing, too. Um, 
just in general, I thought there were some good things. I did notice how low, I think in the absence, it wasn't the absence. It was a pretty good crowd this weekend, considering like it wasn't a full student, you know, obviously like majority of students were home. At home. Yeah. Um, but the crowd was pretty good overall. Like I was pleasantly surprised with the general size of the crowd. Um, but I think in the absence of a full, totally packed out stadium, like we got to get the volume cranked up on the speakers or we got to fix the speaker stuff. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of like bring up that like, I, I, I see you, JMU game day people, like, you know, good, good efforts. And we're coming along. We just need to really continue upping the ante next year. And we got to do something. I mean, speakers, like volume, um, lights, and like extracurricular stuff, whether that is like fireworks or something with the smokestack or whatever, um, got to keep that going. Like the, So they did the train thing this week, Rob, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. So there's like a train whistle when we scored or when it was a big third down. Very cool. Like, that's good. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's keep like more and more of that. So just wanted to bring that up. Well, what's cool is they're definitely paying attention and they're definitely open to feedback if it's given. And nobody likes to be yelled at and said, you stink or anything like that. But they know people are looking for improvements and they're trying to do it. So hats off to them. Mm-hmm. My thing mm-hmm. would be just get a DJ. Just don't, yes. don't have yep. somebody yep. do a playlist. Like you've mentioned earlier podcast, mm-hmm. you know, no more classic rock. And they get that, but get an actual DJ. It's yes, different than having a list of the 15 songs you're going to play during the game. Yeah. Um, just, and they're you know. watching. What we need to do is expand. Like one thing they did well that I thought the train whistle and some of the music choices were a little better this week is you got to fill the space. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have this kind of game day production planned out. I have a feeling where it's like, okay, we're going to hit the first TV timeout. It's two and a half and minutes. Do this, so do that. These are the things we're going to do. But it's not two and a half minutes. It's like two minutes and 43 seconds. Yes. Right. And you need to fill that other 13 seconds, the six at the beginning and the seven at the end. Right. You need to annoy the crap out of the referee right to the borderline. Mm -hmm. Sort of, you know, like like that. That's the kind of thing they're figuring it out. So I'm hopeful, not just for this weekend, but very hopeful they can keep working on it for next year. Um, Because we see good things at the basketball arena and in volleyball. Like they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Just need to keep working on it. So, yeah, I like the DJ idea. Yeah, cool. So, besides the sides, do we have another Thanksgiving one? Um, do, 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 do. We've got a bunch of them. Okay. Let's just all choose. I'll get one or two more here. Yeah. I don't know what Thanksgiving food tier list is. If that's Oh, like that's just courses. like, uh, yeah, like, I like, well, I think it's more like what would be your tiers? Like, what's the elite tier of Thanksgiving foods versus the, like, mid-level tier versus the, you know, if you took oh, all your dishes together. Right. I mean, uh, I don't elite know. tier for me. I already mentioned mashed potatoes. Yeah, I gotta go pumpkin pie. Me too. I know that, that that's very pedestrian, but pumpkin pie is like stuffing something. I feel like you only really eat on Thanksgiving, yeah. but that should change. It's delicious, and we mm-hmm. should eat more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, lower tier, I don't know cranberry sauce. I guess like I'm not gonna hate yeah, on yeah. any sides, but cranberry sauce is. Again, something you only eat on Thanksgiving to the point where like you could order pumpkin pie another time. People would be like, fine. You could maybe have stuffing on the side of whatever, like a roast turkey meal. Right. Or if you ordered cranberry sauce any other time of the year, right. you're a freak. Like yeah. it's just something weird. So that's that that would be the third tier. There you go. Yes. Um, on the dessert front, I'm with you. I love pumpkin pie. I've seen some like, I don't know if everybody's trying to have a hot take, but I've seen some like anti-pumpkin pie stuff lately. And I'm like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like I totally get that. But like, 
I don't know that you have to be anti-pumpkin pie. Yeah, it's not candy corn. It's funny because I'm actually not a huge, you know, I'm not traditionally a huge dessert person, like a sweets. That's not my all-time favorite thing. Um, other than like morning stuff, like donuts or something. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't care about like chocolate or, I mean, I'm fine with ice cream, but you know, like, it, it, I don't, I don't know. But I love pies at Thanksgiving. Maybe it's just because I, do I don't, ha- I don't have a lot of pie elsewhere in my life, right? No. You know, you go to and I love getting, party I love getting a little a slice cake. of everyone we have. That's the thing I like. I, I mean, I love pumpkin, but I also like pecan, and I, mm-hmm. I mean, you could bake a peach cobbler or apple. I mean, yeah, we we always have of... pumpkin, pecan, and then uh, Jessica makes a chocolate pie, which is Ooh, really good. Yeah, which is so, like a chocolate pudding. But yes, and you got to have a little bit of every one. <laughs> yeah, and a scoop of ice cream too, and a cup of coffee. Yes, yes, and then yes. A whiskey afterwards. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Really great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm turning you into Thanksgiving. For, you're, you're turning around. Never Thanksgiving person. I guess the dessert ones. We talked about that. That. Yep. Knocks off Andrea Clay's base Thanksgiving oh, dessert. Thank one. you, Andrea. This is a this is a good one from Paula. Recipe for the perfect day after sandwich with all the leftovers. Because this is really what Thanksgiving's about. Like I think even if you don't like the meal, yeah. you gotta like the leftovers. So one thing I have to say here. So I said I'm a dark meat guy earlier, but I actually really like the light meat, the white meat for the sandwiches. Oh for yeah, the sandwich the day after. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got to have mayonnaise, which is funny because like I don't think I ever – like I would never have mayonnaise on Thanksgiving. No, like, but I went out and the, got some some Dukes yesterday because I was like, yeah. we needed it in the house for Friday. Yes, we'd, that's we'd what run you out need. Of right. Um, mayo, turkey. I like lettuce on there. Hmm. What else goes on there? Because I don't need the cranberry sauce. You mentioned that. I mean, I could take it or leave it. Um. Because I could just do mustard and like maybe even some pickles or something. I know that's a little basic and weird, but. <laughs> I, I will literally do everything. I will take whatever we have. Yes. And I'm talking like, oh, leftover Stuffing. corn pudding. Throw yes. that on there. Stuffing, cranberry <laughs> sauce. Like just, I make this like, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex type thing. And it's great. I mean, some years it's not as great. <laughs> you do a little too much with it. But I will, I, I will fry up some like potato pancakes using mashed potatoes and put that on like a crunchy layer, uh, just everything. But you, you got to mix it up with textures for me. You got to have something somewhat crispy and something a little bit moist, be it gravy or lots of mayo and mustard or cranberry sauce, but you just got to mix it up. But I'm not kidding. I will just take everything we have in the fridge and be like, I'm going to put this between two slices of bread with turkey on there and call it a sandwich. And love it. Yes. Yeah, it usually works out. It's pretty great. Yep. I <laughs> love all these. Thank you, everyone that sent them in. Um, yeah, and have I, a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Pace yourselves this week. Um, don't quit on the Yanks yet for Friday. Uh, I don't know. I, it, we were both somewhat disappointed, mildly disappointed today, but I'm also like, okay, world's not over. We got a game Friday. It's really fun. Well, first There's, of all, at least, at least the U.S. is playing this time. At least they're playing. And at least they scored like a quality open field goal, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like today. um, With the run of play, it wasn't some sort of junky, fluky thing. No, no. They, they, they played really well for the first half of that game. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, when we were walking out today, there's the, the whole England of it all. Yes. Um, My guy Pickford can easily throw it in the goal. Mm-hmm. Like, like we've seen before so yeah let's 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 have hope for friday and then let's you know save some of it for saturday morning
And let's also give it up for Acosta. Like that was a professional foul against Gareth Bale. Like that would have been one of the all time gut punch sports endings. Bale was getting ready to shoot there. Oh, you mean on an not, open goal? Yes, not the Zimmerman one that led to the penalty, but the one where he was about to do the like half field Rooney. Goal. The Kellen, it was it was yes, Acosta, yes, wasn't yes, it? It was. It was. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It was. That was mm-hmm. potentially like program saving. That would have been catastrophic yes. Yes. disaster. Um, yes. So. Yes. Turner um, was a good twenty five yards out of the goal. Yes. So that was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyways. Lots of fun to come this week. I, it, it's incredible. We get we get the egg bowl on Thursday night. Um, hopefully, no one will um, will imitate a dog peeing in anyone's end zone <laughs> and thus get like seventeen coaches fired around the country. So begin yeah. the dominoes of coaching fires that ends up with Lane Kiffin going playing coaching at Ole Miss, right? Yeah, yeah in in the next egg bowl five years on. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be silly season. But this is a really great week. We get World Cup all week. We get all the Thanksgiving football and then US Friday and JMU Saturday. It doesn't get much better than that. So No, it's a it's gonna be a fun week. <sighs> yes. And in the midst of it all, there will be basketball and then volleyball selection show on Sunday. So it brings us full circle. Rob, I will talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, have a good week, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, go Dukes.